Hey friends, it's Andrew with Into the Harvest, and this video is going to be a new project. Uh, I'd like to start a series called Bible Labs, and the goal is really uh, twofold. First of all, it's going to give me a chance to process and share um, what I've been learning from the scriptures during my daily readings. Uh, so it's going to be helpful for me, uh, no matter how it uh, helps or doesn't help you. But secondly, I've talked for a while about trying to put together um, videos that help others learn how to read and study the Bible for themselves. And so I'm hoping that Bible Labs can do that, that it can give some insights into how I read and how I mark as I read so that I'm processing God's word. And so uh, that's going to be one of the goals. So um, we're going to read through the parable of the 10 virgins from Matthew chapter 25. And it may seem like a bit of a strange place to start for Bible labs. It's really just because that's where I'm reading right now in my Bible readings. So uh, that's where we're going to start with uh, Bible labs. So let's uh, run through that over the next little bit and see if we can't learn what it is that Jesus has to teach us as disciples from this story the parable of the 10 virgins. Now, this is found in Matthew chapter 25, verses 1 through 13. And I've got that on the screen here so that you'll be able to follow along. And we're going to mark up this passage together as we read. But the context of Matthew 25, verses 1 through 13, is Matthew chapter 24. And in Matthew chapter 24, it's important to know what is Jesus talking about and who is he talking to? So, what's the subject, the context of Matthew 25, based on Matthew 24. And who is he talking to? And we can learn both of those by just looking back one chapter. Also important to remember that when the gospels and really when the scriptures were written, they didn't have chapters and verses. Those were added later just to help for referencing. So I can say Matthew 25 and everyone knows exactly where to go and where to find it. But when Matthew's gospel was written, Matthew 24 and Matthew 25, they, they flow together. There's no artificial break between these two passages. So in Matthew 24, Jesus, it begins the chapter by predicting that the temple in Jerusalem is going to be destroyed. So let me just read that for you guys out of uh, the Bible here. In Matthew 24, 1, it says, As Jesus left and was going out of the temple, his disciples came up and called his attention to its buildings. And he replied to them, Do you see all these things? Truly I tell you, not one stone will be left here on another that will not be thrown down. Now, that was, I'm sure, a very shocking prophecy that Jesus just told his disciples that the temple was going to be destroyed. And so, not surprisingly, they asked him for a further explanation. While he was sitting on the Mount of Olives, the disciples approached him privately and said, Tell us, when will these things happen? And what is the sign of your coming and of the end of the age? Now, it's important to notice right here that the disciples are really asking two questions. They, they may or may not have realized it at the time, but notice they ask, when will these things happen? Now, this is in reference to the destruction of the temple. But then they go on to ask a further question, what is the sign of your coming and the end of the age? And so in Matthew 24, Jesus sets out to answer those two questions. And this has caused a lot of confusion for people 
um, over the years because Jesus is answering two questions and therefore um, his response in Matthew 24 is, is bifocal. He's talking about what's going to precede the destruction of the temple. And then he's also talking about the signs and the circumstances that are going to be in effect before his return, before his coming. So the timing is, is bifocal. Some of this, Matthew 24, has already been fulfilled because the temple was destroyed in AD 70. But some of what Jesus uh, talks about in Matthew 24 has yet to be fulfilled. And so we're kind of living in between Matthew 24. The temple has been destroyed, but Jesus has not yet returned. So even though Jesus's uh, prophecies in Matthew 24 are bifocal, his his point and his application for the disciples is uniform, which is be alert, be ready. And so that's really what he tells them throughout the chapter in Matthew 24. For instance, if you look in verse 43, therefore be alert. A little later in verse 44, be ready. And we're going to see that that's still the same emphasis that Jesus is talking about as we begin in Matthew 25 and this parable of the 10 virgins, Jesus wants his disciples to be ready, to be alert. So that's the context. Um, let's go ahead and read these verses in Matthew 25 and see what we can learn. Then the kingdom of heaven will be like 10 virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the groom. Five of them were foolish and five were sensible. When the foolish took their lamps, they didn't take olive oil with them, but the sensible ones took oil in their flasks with their lamps. Since the groom was delayed, they all became drowsy and fell asleep. In the middle of the night, there was a shout, here's the groom, come out to meet him. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps. But the foolish ones said to the sensible ones, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. The sensible ones answered, no, there won't be enough for us and for you. Go instead to those who sell and buy oil for yourselves. When they had gone to buy some, the groom arrived. Then those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet and the door was shut. Later, the rest of the virgins also came and said, master, master, open up for us. But he replied, I assure you, I do not know you. Therefore, be alert because you don't know either the day or the hour. Okay, so we've done videos on this before, but when you're reading through a passage like this, or really any passage of scripture, I like to work through three different lenses or frames to try to understand what I'm reading. And it, these frames can be described in three questions. What, so what, and now what? So as you read through it, you want to start and you want to re read through it with those questions in mind, and you want to read those questions in order. So what does the passage actually say? And then secondly, um, so what? Like, why does it matter? Or why does it matter to me? And then finally, now what? What should I do about it? But you don't want to skip any of those three questions. You don't want to move straight to what does it mean before you take time to really process what is in these verses. So let's look through this passage and see what it is that Jesus is teaching us. And the first thing that we want to notice is that Jesus is talking about what the kingdom of heaven will be like. That's what he's drawing his disciples' attention to. And he compares it to this wedding, this, this imminent wedding that is coming. And right away, we begin to get, we can get a little confused because there's a groom and there are 10 virgins. 
which of course, that's not typically how we think of weddings. But, uh, you know, Jesus is the groom and we are his bride. That's what the Bible describes us as. So there are multiple um, disciples <laughs> that are listening to Jesus describe this. And Jesus is basically urging them to be like the wise virgins and not the foolish. So there were five foolish and there were five wise or sensible virgins who are getting ready to be married to the groom. And we see that the, the foolish were foolish because they didn't take olive oil with them. They didn't prepare. The wise were wise because they did. The next thing that we want to notice is that the groom was delayed. And it says that all of the virgins became drowsy and fell asleep. The next detail that I noticed as I was reading through this is that in the middle of the night, there was a shout. Here's the groom. Come out to meet him. Okay, so that's a detail that's important. Then all those virgins got up and trimmed their lamps, but the foolish ones said to the sensible, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. So here we see the foolish virgins requesting the wise, give us some of your oil. But the sensible ones answered, no, there won't be enough for us and for you. So that's another thing I underlined. There won't be enough for us and for you go instead to those who sell and buy oil for yourself. So that's a detail that we're all on our own here. Then it says, when the groom arrived, those who were ready went in with him. So the groom arrived, those who were ready went in with him to the wedding banquet. And then we want to notice the door was shut. So that's another detail. Now, while this is all happening, the foolish virgins have gone into the city, they've bought oil, and they come back in verse 10 and verse 11, and they say, Master, Master, open up for us. He replied, Truly I tell you, I don't know you. And then we see the, the conclusion here, therefore be alert. So this is actually the big punchline that Jesus is, is drawing his disciples' attention to. Be alert. This is what he wants us to learn. So we've, we've gone through, we've marked, and I do this in my Bible, um, but I'm trying to do it on the computer screen here. So it's, it's a little bit messier, but these are the things that I highlight as I read this story. Uh, then I want to go through and I want to look at the things that I've highlighted and I, I want to reflect, uh, so what and now what? So these are details that stood out to me. Why are they important and what should I do differently about them? So the first thing that um, I want to point out here or that stood out to me is that we should expect delay. Jesus is telling this story to his, telling this story to his disciples um, so that they understand what the kingdom of God is going to be like. And one of the first things that we see is here in verse five, the groom was delayed. So, you know, this is, this is where we find ourselves today in 2022. The groom is still delayed, and that's actually normal. Jesus told us that it would be that way. Uh, another detail that we find in this story is that we should expect the unexpected when it comes to the return of Christ. It says, in the middle of the night, there was a shout. So no one was, was predicting the, the actual time that Jesus was going to return. Everyone was surprised. It was something that happened at an unexpected time. Um, a third detail that stands out to me is that we each need to have our affairs in order and others can't help you. So what made these 
five virgins wise is that they took oil with them. They were ready when the call came in the middle of the night. Um, and the, the, the situation for the foolish ones is that they, they weren't ready and others couldn't help them when the time came. So when they say, give us some of your oil, the sensible ones answered, no, there won't be enough for us and for you. So each of us has to take it upon ourself to, to be ready, to be alert, to have our affairs in order. When the time comes, um, others won't be able to help us. And then secondly, there won't be time to get your affairs in order if you don't prepare now. And so that's another detail. The door was shut. So we see that right now, Jesus is telling us this story because there's a window of opportunity, but that window will eventually end and the door will be closed. And once the door is closed, that's it. If you miss that opportunity, then you've missed it. And that's what we see here at the end when they come to the door and they're knocking. And the master says, I don't know who you are. Um, so the, the conclusion of this story from Jesus is be alert because there's going to be a delay, but the return is going to happen and it's going to be at an unexpected time. Now, now what? So what does it mean to be alert? And this is a little bit of a bonus. Um, we could read the last few verses of chapter 24 because Jesus tells another little story that actually highlights what does it mean to be alert and to be ready for Jesus when he returns. We don't know when that's going to be, but how can we be ready when it does happen? So let me just read these few verses, and then we're going to focus on one in particular as we wrap up this video. Jesus says, Who then is the faithful and wise servant, whom his master has put in charge of his household, to give them food at the proper time? Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. Truly, I tell you, he will put him in charge of all his possessions. But if that wicked servant says in his heart, my master is delayed and starts to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him. And in an hour, he does not know. He will cut him to pieces and assign him a place with the hypocrites where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So again, the context is the same. Um, Jesus is giving a different story, but the point is the same, that the disciples need to be ready. But here I want to draw your attention to um, what does it mean to be ready? What does it mean to be alert? And we're going to start with verse 48 here. If that wicked servant says in his heart, my master is delayed. Now remember, in the next story in chapter 25, the groom is delayed. So this is going to happen. But if the wicked servant says, notice in his heart, so this isn't necessarily something that you're just coming out and, and announcing to the world, but in your heart, if you say, my master is delayed and starts to beat his fellow servants and eats and drinks with drunkards, that servant's master will come on a day he does not expect him and in an hour he does not know. So to fail to be ready is to allow us, to allow ourselves to to act in an inappropriate way, in inappropriate ways. First of all, to beat his fellow servants. So the way we treat others around us, especially believers, is a reflection of whether or not we are alert and ready for the master. And then secondly, are we eating and drinking with drunkards? So are we living a, a wasteful life? Are we, 
Are we acting in a way that we wouldn't act if the master was right there in our presence? It's also important to notice that the master put this slave in charge of the household and gave him a job. And that's what he says in verse 46. Blessed is that servant whom the master finds doing his job when he comes. So what does it mean to be ready? What does it mean to be alert? I would suggest it means that you're aware that Jesus has a job for you to do and you're purposely pursuing that life that he's called you to. You're doing the work that Jesus has assigned to you. And when he shows up, there you are, you're doing the work. And then secondly, you're treating those around you the way that the master would want you to treat them. So our relationships with others are a part of what it means to be ready and alert. And then finally, you're not living a wasteful life. You're not get, you're not eating and carousing with uh, drunkards. So you're you're living an upright life. So that when the master shows when the master shows up, you're living the kind of moral life he's called you to. You're treating others the way that he would want you to, and you're busy doing the work that he has for you. So. That's it. I'm going to wrap it right there. Um, would love some feedback from you guys on this video. Um, would love to do more of these if it's helpful. Again, the goal is not only to process what I'm learning, but hopefully to help you learn about how to read and study the Bible for yourself, how to market, how to work through those three questions of what, so what, and now what. So we'll see you next time.